0: button because uh, let's not uh, waste any dandoran time w- where are you going mm-hmm. where do you have to go well first of all i have an audition to a zoom audition to toronto
1: wow as a newscaster really and uh, then after that yeah and then uh after that we're gonna go to uh um i don't know a small town it's sort of an artsy kind of uh, interesting town that that the mayor has done wonderful things to i don't know much
0: more than that can i ask you but. a serious question yes You'd think by this point, anyone, and I'm being quasi-serious, but it it may come out facetious. At this point in your career, anyone that would ever audition you for a newscaster, all I have to do is, don't you have a reel where it would show you doing newscasting and some of the biggest movies made in the last 30 years? My new agent, Alex, said
1: the exact same thing to me. There you go. And did that. She so put a reel together, and uh, um, that's out there. I, I guess there's certain certain people like for this one, which is uh, the Umbrella Academy. They um, they want it's like with two people, and it, it's a little bit different attitude than your normal okay. newscaster newscasters. Right. A little bit different, so maybe that's what they're looking for.
0: All right, okay, but I'll allow okay. it then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense, and I thank I thank my agent for. Uh, Do you have a new agent, like a new agency, or a new agent inside the agency? Uh, new agent inside the agency because my old agent Kevin, uh, he retired after doing it for so long. He just wow. said, "I got to get out." So, yeah, Fred, who's your agent these
0: days?
2: My agent, my buddy Doug. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. My agent's gonna bring me up a coffee in a second. That's cool. Yeah, he, he travels with me as well. My a, yeah, my agent. Personal uh, well. my, yeah, uh-huh. my, my
0: agent Darren has been uh, has been sick the last three or four days, so he's not bringing yeah. me anything. And he, by the way, I'll no. tell you later on the show, he claims I poisoned him. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: You know my uh, my agent looks out for me. You know he does all my negotiating. My negotiating. Like um, <laughs> that's right. How much is the cab back to the hotel? Hundred peso. He steps right in. Eighty. I'll give you eighty. Right. So it's you know, uh, great. great. You know, Dan, I so have yeah, an agent, agent.
0: Yeah, he's, he's good. All I, aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't spent much time around Buddy Doug. I mean, obviously, he's a, a, a f- fixture on the program for the last 30 years because we refer to him as Buddy Doug. But I, I've hung out with him a couple times recently. And he's a great guy and hanging out with uh, him and his wife, Laverne. But I, I realized that uh, Caper Boss here is nothing compared to Buddy Doug. <laughs> <laughs> there's a you yeah. you're like there, there's there's thrifty friend, but Buddy Doug is a whole different level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: thankful my brother for the negotiating the cabs and the various Mm -hmm. versions of of public transport here. He's always negotiating. I'm so thankful he's out there because I find it just exhausting. But he loves doing it. So, like, he'll yell across the street and starts negotiating. You know, there's, you know, people are honking at him and he's yelling back and forth.
2: But the weird thing is, and again, I guess it's the wrong attitude because you do what you got to do or do what you do when you're traveling. You're negotiating for like a buck and a half. That's that's what I was
0: going to say, yeah.
2: It's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, 80. Oh, we paid him 100. We should have paid him 80. Oh, fuck. I I, I could have used that buck and a half. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting you bring this up. In in Spanish, the word for tipping is propina.
0: And I had a friend of mine who is back in... uh, the Tulum area, and he said to me, "Send me, you know." He said, "What do you think is, you know, fair, you know, in, in this situation tipping?" I said, "I really don't know," but I said, "Look at it this way: a hundred pesos is around six fifty or seven Canadian dollars, depending on the exchange." Excuse me. I said, "But to, for us, that's like you just said; it's a buck and a half. It's eighty cents difference." I said, "But for them, a hundred pesos is a lot. It has a lot more meaning to somebody who lives here." Because they're being paid in pesos. So, you know, listen, negotiate all you want. I can't bring myself to do it.
2: Well, the thing is about negotiation, and I read and he explained to me, and I'm sure Tom would be the same way, is that often when you're in a negotiating situation, they often inflate the price beyond what the norm is. So it's almost like bringing it back to where it should be. I mean, again, whether you're into that or not, or you can be bothered, but that seems to be the mind set. But I haven't really had that
0: many situations because I'm not taking cabs here. And when you go to the grocery store, you know you're not you're not negotiating at the cash. Although maybe Doug is, (laughs)
2: maybe Buddy Doug is. No, mostly with cabs, and then just usually cabs because you aren't because they don't have meters. But the other night we're downtown San Miguel, and from here it's. Uh, it's what you walk downhill the whole way, which you know what um, that means. You have to walk uphill to come back. <laughs> the so whole way. we took yeah, the whole way, and it's exhausting. Me and Doug just for some exercise the other day went halfway and back, and oh my god, with the thin air, I mean, you can really feel it. Anyway, uh, the point of this story is that. Um, I stopped the cabin. I had no idea what it would be, and I, I didn't uh, negotiate. I said, what, what is it to go back to the hotel? And he said, 100 pesos. And I thought, that's fantastic. And I said, come on, guys, let's jump in. And then I, like, I did the math. And to avoid that walk uphill, it was less than uh, $2 Canadian each. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, way less than a ride on the Midway. So let's do her. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let's start the show, and then I, uh, I want to tell you about a dream I had about uh, Dan Duran and uh yeah it was just weird because i yeah i did this morning i was it was the it was the time you know when you wake up and then you goes back to that goes back to sleeps uh and i had written it down when uh because i wasn't sure if you were going to actually be here with us today but i'm so excited that you are because i can't wait to tell you about my dan duran dream let's get started everybody
1: This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Mexican studios in a rented condo in San Miguel de Allende, another rented condo in San Miguel de Allende, and from another rented condo in Mazatlan with surf sound effects sponsored by The Ocean, and is brought to you by The Retirement Sherpa, The Chamber's Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who took a vacation to be away from each other, so they booked their time away two blocks away from each other. It's Humble
0: and Fred. So here's the dream. I, I and, and, and the dream started some sort of in the middle of a press conference, and it was Fred and Dan and a few other people at a podium answering questions and. I was, I was about to join this press conference and you looked at me, you were like, kind of gave me a bit of a dirty look, like you didn't want me to be there because you were... I, I couldn't figure out in the dream why I wasn't supposed to be at the press conference, so I just sat at the back while all these reporters were answering, were asking you questions. And then, at some point in the dream, I figured out what the, what the press conference was about. And here's what it was. Dan asked to see the manager of Mexico. Oh, <laughs> and, right. And, uh, <laughs> And somehow there was a dispute and Dan got kicked out of Mexico and he was holding a press conference. <laughs> and It was, it was funny because in, in the dream when I realized what the press conference was about, I started. I started to laugh in my sleep thinking only Dan Duran could get kicked out of Mexico because he wanted to speak to the manager of Mexico because of some slight, something about Mexico that Dan Duran thought needed fixing. (laughs) But it was the weirdest. Dan, it was the weirdest dream. Like all of that happened in seconds. And I was like, you know, the idea that you were like, oh, I don't I don't think you should be here. And then I was at the back with all the other reporters (laughs) and you were explaining how. You would ask to see the manager of the country. Well, yeah. oh no, I know it's I a lot. That totally other character is it? it's a lot going on in that. Yeah, um, you know we're happy to be here, but uh, we're aware, all three of us, that uh, the weather back home. Like I've had, we I'm sure we've all had the same experience. A couple days ago, when that big storm came through, uh, i was sitting around here with Darren, and um, just everyone sending us pictures of the amount of snow that was back home now dan did you leave before the big storm or after it the the day of the storm yeah really and, uh, that was
1: yeah the day of the storm but that was in the morning that we left and then the storm what showed it later that day you know oh. right oh so you were so just was, ahead of it yeah just ahead of it yeah oh. and, and they <laughs> warned us about lots of turbulence but there was really hardly any but they thought there would be crazy turbulence on the
2: way down to here so I was reading a story there the other day. Did you see it? It was a smaller, I think it may have been a private jet, turbulence, and somebody inside the jet died. Yeah. It must not yeah. have been buckled in, hit the turbulence, it must have whacked the the roof of the plane or something.
0: It's funny and you bring died. that up because I have an article right in front of me from, uh, I think it's NPR, how dangerous is turbulence? turbulence on airplanes? Here's what you need to know, and it's because... Of that in that uh, The past week a significant number of uh, You know um, turbulence One death and one hospitalization On a business jet And yeah. and some Crazy. on a commercial jet I would imagine the person yeah. that got killed Was on a business jet where they may Not have been buckled in As you say and it's also a smaller yeah. Cabin
2: Well I could see you could I, I could see that happening being on a private jet Being all comfortable and you know, not taking your seatbelt off or not even really ever putting it on because you wouldn't have a flight attendant walking up and down the aisles telling you to do that, would you?
0: Yeah, but they would How's tell you better? to put... They would. Somebody, the pilot or somebody would say, put your yeah. seatbelt on. hmm uh, It says here the but majority any- of passengers seriously injured by turbulence weren't wearing their seatbelts. Yeah. Going to the washroom, walking suck. up and down the aisle. Oh, yeah.
2: And that would be literally... Your head smashing against the roof of the plane—I would had. that would kill you.
0: Head smashed in, Park. yeah. Head smashed in, mm-hmm. <laughs> Den. Head smashed in.
2: Yeah, that's right. Is that what you I was
0: thinking about, like, yeah, head smashed in <laughs> Buffalo Jump. Um,
2: yeah. Dougie just brought me this coffee, and it's with a French press. So good. I should use my fresh pre- uh, my um French press more at home.
0: Yeah, I have one. Mm. I'm like everyone else who got a French press. I used it for a, a while, and then I was like, "Yeah, it's a lot more work than uh, just making coffee.
2: Yeah, but the payoff, man. Mm. Uh, mm. Just excuse me while I take another sip. Mm. Ah, well, that's mm. good. French you know,
0: I've, French taken, French. Uh, I've taken a few people on airplane rides in my time, and we had a bit of turbulence, and, you know, yeah. not excessive, but enough to scare them. And uh, one of the things I always said was what I was told when I started to learn was, you know, these planes were built to fly. They were built to accept, you know, some bumpy air. And, and the same thing applies to commercial airlines like those wings. You know, they can bend all the way, almost all the way up. Not literally, but they're supposed to. Right. Turbulence <clears throat> won't bring the airplane out of the sky. No. So, you no. Know. So, Dan Duran, you uh, were ahead of the storm. And, Fred, the day you guys left, there was another storm. That was last Wednesday you got ahead of it. Sort of freezing rain and drizzle. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. The day we left uh, in the evening, there was a bit of a storm. But when I got up in the morning, it was... uh, They were calling for 60, 70 uh, kilometer winds in the morning. But it was still and it was pleasant and... The only thing that really delayed us was the de-icing because of the freezing rain.
0: Dan, just do me a favor. Just turn your mic off for a second because we're getting a little bit of a hum. I'm just not sure if it's yours or Fred's. Yeah, it's Dan. That's okay. Um, yeah, the day you left, Freddie, I was looking at the forecast because that was when it was supposed to be. I, and I, and there were there were lots of people delayed, but your flight was in the
2: morning. Yeah. And we were fine. As I say, an hour, but most of that was with de-icing, you know, lining up and then getting the de-icing. And you can't get annoyed with that because you don't want to go up with ice on your wings.
0: Yeah, there's a saying that... That's not good. (laughs) There's another great aviation saying, they said, that ice turns every airplane into an experiment.
2: (laughs) That's great.
0: And what is that with the ice? Well, what it does is it, it, it... changes the, the no not really it's the, it changes the flow of air over the wings so mm. if there's a lot of ice why they say it turns every aircraft into an experiment is because depending on how much of the wing is affected by ice can right. basically that can bring an airplane out of the sky not not a obviously a commercial flight would never take off with ice but if you're on a smaller plane and you start taking on ice you know you you'd better get out of it very quickly because the thing it won't it won't they won't lift anymore, which is a bad mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. Anyway, we wanted to say that we're aware that uh, the weather. They, I, a bunch of the messages I've been getting is like, "Oh, you guys picked the right time to get out of the city."
2: Yeah, I'd say. I uh, uh, I think there was about two feet in Brampton. Wow. Like with some of the drifts, right? It, like it snowed about a foot, and then uh, like in my backyard, I have this utility, um, uh, utility, uh, whatever you want to call it, compartment thing, and it was covered with snow, and mm-hmm. and then like you know the railings going down to my uh, uh, backyard, it was like a foot high, and it was crazy. But I got uh, neighbor John. He he came by yesterday and uh, used his truck snowplow on it. <laughs> So I don't have to worry about that now. Although I shouldn't say that on the show, because then people will know I'm not home, right?
0: Yeah, and they're, what, you think they're going to rush over to your location and uh, well, <laughs> do You do never what? know.
2: Yeah. My wife worries about stuff like that. She does? Oh, yeah.
0: What, the people would know the, that you're out yeah. of town and uh, yours, your home is easy pickings?
2: Well, crazier things have happened.
0: Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Dan, you're, uh, why don't you tell us, so we're in San Miguel... Uh, which is about four hours north of Mexico City, and you're in uh, Mazatland Where are you concerned? Because there was some concern before you left about the cartel. Has the cartel uh, paid a, a visit to you and, and welcomed you to their home?
1: No, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we've had no cartel interactions. All right, but you know, a place like this. I mean, um, I mean, there's a lot of condos along the beach here that. Uh, and we're pretty far away from downtown, but you know, it's it's there. There are areas where people are, are living pretty hard, um, but it's pretty large. There's lots of I don't know what the population is, but it's uh, it was way larger than I thought.
0: I just turn your mic up there, Dan. Oh, it's, um, oh sorry. Um, yeah, we'll tell everyone name. you're in Mazatlan. Where is? Then your your time zones. Like we're an hour like where Freddie and I are. We're in Central Time, so an hour earlier than Toronto, and you're an hour earlier
2: than Thanks. us. That's right, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, it it was brought to my attention that Mexico no longer observes uh, daylight savings time. So after uh, Sunday the 12th, or Sunday morning, I guess the 12th, clocks will spring forward in Toronto, but not here in Mexico. So instead of being one hour behind Toronto, we're going to be two hours behind Toronto here. And where Dan is, I guess it would turn into three. Although he won't be there, but you and I, Howard, are going to experience that phenomenon.
0: Yeah, and for everyone who uh, listens to our program, when we appreciate it, uh, we—if you're again—there's a small percentage of people that watch us on Facebook Live. But just so you know, uh, the podcast will be a little bit later because we'll start recording next week at seven thirty this time, which will be nine thirty
2: Toronto time. Exactly. So look for the podcast by about uh, 11 a.m. Yeah. Small price to pay. Small price to pay for this quality programming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of somebody
0: paying for this programming, did you see that uh, we had a new Patreon subscriber? We've had a few recently. Yes. But uh, Gregory Higgins contributed $12.67. Right, I, I don't know why that uh, number, but we certainly appreciate it. Um, we still I've sent you this several times, Fred. The yes. uh, seventy five dollars from Eric Trombley. Are we going to cash that at some point and give it to nah.
2: to the Humane Society or something? Yeah, maybe yeah. I guess we could yeah, do Peterborough. that. Peterborough, Peterborough's
0: Peterborough Humane Society, Humane Society. Uh, on Howard. We,
2: we actually got two new Patreon. Uh, subscribers if that's what you call them kim sanders did you see that one kim sanders yes thank you very yeah. much kim yeah she said i started listening to uh aging with energy and just love it i can listen to to the two of you all day i signed up to be a patreon um subscriber uh, as well the least i can do for all the entertainment you provide isn't that lovely Thank you, Kim. Uh, thank you for Kim. the money and the attention. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, listen, I, I you know one, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to mention that you know ever since uh, Eric sent us money for the dog, I started thinking we should start to ask for more money for us because we've never really worked the uh, Patreon subscriber model like a lot of these no. podcasters do. And uh, if Gregory Higgins and Kim Saunders are any indication, maybe there's a pent up demand to give humble and Fred some some dough so <laughs> right. i say let it go don't hold back
2: but the, but the the ones the initiative uh the the clifford initiative yes you know which created a, a couple of donations i believe i mean if more of those come in maybe they can go towards Danis clifford still frozen yes yeah so maybe we <laughs> yeah. can go towards remedying that situation once and for all you know, right. maybe we could pay for his cremation if that's the way you want to go. Right, but, or the digger mm-hmm. that I need to hire to to you know <laughs> the digger. <laughs> <laughs> you got a son? Hey, are you gonna? <laughs> yeah.
0: Would you bury him no, you out know, at the lake? Is that your plan? If I were to bury him, that's where I would bury him. Yeah. And, and don't you have to be careful with like septic systems or uh, like uh, well, uh, yeah, where obviously
1: you don't want to do that kind of thing.
0: Aren't there signs There's everywhere, dial before under. you dig, that type of thing?
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah. But if, you know, it's somebody's property or something, they would know where it is.
2: All so this um, this um, state of frozenness, do you have to pay for that? Do you have to pay for the freezer that where Clifford is? Or is No, that just-
1: they, they, uh, they just said, you know, I said, is it okay if I don't make the decision, you know, can I do that in the spring if I decide to, you know, to bury him? They said, oh, yeah, no problem. So really? They, so uh, he's taking uh,
2: up a... He's taken up a position in the in the spot in the freezer, free of charge. Christ, leave him there forever. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, no, knowing how Dan likes to put things off, that dog's going to be there. That dog's going to be there for years.
2: No, I was, no, no, was going to no. say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, those that they'll veterinary. be,
2: they'll be no,
1: five years around no, me. Dan,
0: uh, I had to pay for it. No, no, I had to it, pay for dude. The here's the what's going to happen: they'll sell that. Vet. The, a new vet will take over and go. well, What's that? Oh, that's yeah. uh, that's Clifford. He just lives here now. Yeah. What,
2: did, <laughs> yeah. what did you <laughs> what did you just say there, Dan? You had to pay for what? The, I had to pay up cr- front for cremation.
1: Which I would be refunded if I decided not to. Oh, I see. Oh,
2: I see. So paying up yeah. front for the cremation, um, until you decide what you want to do, the freezer space comes with it. That's yeah. part of the deal. I see.
1: So yeah. they, but but it, but the reason that they do that is in case someone just says, ah. Uh, and, you know, walks away from it and forgets about it. Right. And then they've got a, a
0: frozen animal that they don't know what to do with. So,
2: I would have let you put them in my freezer, but it's a stand-up freezer. It wouldn't have worked very well.
0: No. It, well, and Dan, I've got it, that freezer down in the yeah. office on the Queensway you could have used. Um, um, considering <laughs> considering how much money you're paying for storage, maybe you could get the vet to store some of your personal items in the Clifford freezer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. By the way, is there any room for... Yeah, is there any
0: room for my, some of my old <laughs> records and shit? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: The
1: there's one thing tools.
2: is... The one thing is about that process, just, like, thinking of him, and we all loved him dearly. Like, he's still whole and not decomposing. Like, he's he's there in Peterborough in this drawer, like, still, like, the day he was put down. There's, yeah. I don't know. There's something, I guess, heartwarming about that, that he's still in that state but i don't know i don't know i don't know either i don't mm. know
1: well you see i think that, that, that on a greenhouse gas level mm-hmm. or whatever you know for the environment it's probably better to have a, an animal decompose in the ground you'd think as opposed to you know <laughs> burning
2: him to a crisp which is also, I don't know. No, they don't burn them to Chris. They, they, uh, they burn them to ash. Mm. To ash, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what you should, Literally, what yeah. you should
0: consider is what would Clifford have wanted? What would Clifford had, have wanted? Um, and on Thursday, by the way, we've got a backlog of more, uh, emails that we're going to get to. Many that still are commiserating, I guess is what you say, are sending out great wishes and heartfelt, uh, uh, affection your way. So, uh, you know, people have not forgotten, Dan. Okay. No, that's, that's really nice. Really nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's, nothing uh, like a
2: dead dog, right? No. Really, nothing like a dead <laughs> dog to win over an audience. Absolutely. It's
0: Seriously, great. the ratings for the dead dog episodes have just been fantastic. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. we appreciate that. Um,
2: Listen, I, 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 how long is it going to be before we get to pay off with uh, with Stan? that's a year, We're years away from that. Oh, well. But anyway, well, listen, man, we could we, we, we could advance flown. that if you wanted. You know, maybe
0: that'll be all maybe that'll be our, our fall promotion.
2: Howard, we really need that Stan Radio <laughs> That's please. Right. Yeah.
0: Could you get him to eat some rat poison suggest, or some shit?
1: I was going to suggest with a, with the a Patreon that you were talking about. Yes. you take a page out of all the uh, evangelical ministers out there yes. that uh, are are going for money and and you know maybe some you know. uh Sell some, uh, you know, humble and Fred water. You know, yeah, absolutely, whatever.
0: Daniel, humble are you gonna water. are you gonna not be around for the news? Is that what I'm understanding? No, I got news. Okay, I can't I can't spend too much time. Well, listen, we're, like gonna water. Water look, look, time. we're gonna try and rush. We're gonna try and rush out of here so you can go on your trip to uh, some town near Mazatlan. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, this this is Mexico. About an hour and a half into the show week, we're going to have to have a siesta. (laughs) Shut her down. That's right. Shut her down. Uh, (laughs) All right, so Dan
0: Duran's News will join us. Bill Brio is uh, our guest today. And uh, we got so much. I'm going to get back to something you would said about the altitude. But first, uh, Freddie, let's talk about some of these fine people that do support us and
2: have for many years. Like the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, uh, group uh, plan for... You know, for small business, it's fantastic. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca. All the information is there on how to sign up, become part of this. Uh, What it is, is a bunch of small companies get together. It has the profile of a large company, which makes purchasing uh, dental coverage, uh, uh, prescription coverage, uh, therapies, uh, an HR component. Affordable for a small uh, company, and it's uh, it's brilliant, really. And they've done a great job of uh, holding the line on premiums over the past few years, which is very important for a small company because you got to keep your costs under control. We know all about that. We've been part of the Chamber Plan for what ten years now, maybe, maybe I don't know, yeah, something, whatever it is, and it's worked for us. We're enjoying it right now. Chamberplan.ca.
0: Now we've been talking about Aaron Ventures, and I thought it was ironic uh, your little uh, tagline for Aaron Ventures, which is, you know, really interested in the world of boron mining. What was your little thing? Don't be a moron. Invest in boron. Yeah, don't be a moron. Invest in boron. <laughs> well, you're gonna love this. Uh, this is a from a press release. Our friend Tim Daniels, uh, the new corporate name of Aaron Ventures, trading symbol, website, and logo. Uh, mark a rebranding for us, which aligns our ambitions to be the next significant player in the boron industry. Uh, AaronVentures.com is where you can go to find out more about the new name Boron One. That's right, Freddie, Boron One, an emerging international junior mining an exploration company, a gaze in the acquisition, explorations, and development of resource properties. And, of course, we're talking about the the fascinating world of Boron Mining. And uh, maybe you're with the Sherpa. Maybe you've got your own Sherpa. But get somebody on this and have a look at AaronVentures.com. That's where the information still is. That website is still live. And the uh, name has been changed to Boron One. Uh, I was going to play something else here. And I don't know where it went. But uh, our friend Keith Weiland had sent me some new uh, transition music. What is that noise? Do you hear that noise?
2: It's not from here.
0: Huh. Anyway, I had put it aside and now I can't find it. Anyway, I'll uh, try and get to that. Keith Weiland, who has uh, been supporting us for a long time as well, um, sending us transition music and pictures of women's feet. Oh, Really? Oh, yeah. He knows
2: all about you. Yeah. He
0: mm-hmm. shares that. He, he's, uh, he's pretty funny. Um, all right, Frederick. Uh, lots to get to. We've missed uh, a few. I guess we've, we haven't done a show for a week, and this is our first show from uh, San Miguel. And Dan's incorrect about two things. We didn't go on vacation to get away from each other because here we are hanging out with each other. But uh, you're more than two blocks away.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm a uh, what? Ten minute car ride from you.
0: Yeah, at least, probably about a 3K car ride, okay. but it's way at the yes. top of, if, 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 you, if you look at a, a map of this little beautiful city, you're, uh, I'm sort of nearer the mountains on the outskirts and you're right, you're sort of on top of it. You're about a, what, 20 minute walk yeah. from the center?
2: Yes. Yes. A 20 minute downhill and it would probably be an hour and a half uphill. <laughs> wow. I will never walk back from downtown. I will always take a cab. Because it's just too much. It's not pleasant. You know that. You know when you walk up a hill and it's okay, and then oh, you can see the top of it, and you think, oh, okay, I just got you know a couple of minutes here, and I'll level out. Well, not here.
0: Well, you, you also mentioned something I thought was interesting. You know, <clears throat> uh, when I was here in November, I had some trouble with my heart, and um, you know, I didn't really think that the elevation. I've talked to several cardiologists about this and they didn't think the elevation was an issue, but you've, you've been here a week now and you talked about you and Doug being a little bit out of breath. Yeah. Like it, the, it, we're at 6,000 feet here We're men in our sixties, mm-hmm. there's no way the elevation isn't affecting us.
2: No, it's like you need just a little bit more air. It's hard to explain. Like walking up the Hill the other day, um, of course, you're going, it's going to be tiring walking up a hill, but it's like when you ask for a little more air, like breathing in, it's just not there or something. And yeah. again, I don't know if that's a good explanation, but you find yourself in certain situations where it's just you need, you feel like you just need a little bit more and it's not there. Well, first like of all, you're a, laboring
0: a bit more. I think it's a great explanation because that's what it feels like. Now, 6,000 feet, the How Man's done some research. You're, okay. you're, basically, your, your oxygenation is about 13% less. So that feeling of trying to get more air is the feeling of trying to pump more blood. Now, right. I've had a little bit of, I don't know, shortness of breath. Um, that feeling you described of just not quite getting enough air. I, I've had it a little bit and I've definitely had my heart rate go up. Just think about it, you know? At this elevation, at our age, your body's asking for more, it's more work out of your heart. So, you know, Freddie and I have got these watches, health gauge watch. And I've been monitoring my vital signs, as you can imagine, for months now because given to my heart condition. So I'm sitting next to Fred the other day, and I said, Freddie, let me, let me just take your, blood for, your, your heart rate for me. Because at, in Toronto and at sea level, my, heart, my resting heart rate's in the—especially because I'm on beta blockers— is In the mid to late 60s, but on average, I'm around 70. And I would imagine when you're at home, your heart rate's around you know, anywhere between 70 and 80. So Mm -hmm. I sit next to you the other day and said, Hey, Lynn, just just check your heart rate for me. Mm -hmm. And it was 99.
2: Yes, yeah. And I don't know how much again, I have a little white coat syndrome, so I'm 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 I don't know how much of uh, of that played into that number because the next day I was in the lower 80s, right? And uh, because as soon as somebody asks me, as soon as you say that, then, you know, your heart starts to flutter. It's, like you're at, it's almost like a test when you said take your heart rate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's I'm definitely up because I'm the same way because at home I, I often do it with my health gauge and I'm usually 71, 72, never in the 60s like you, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, high high nineties. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it right now. Well, to be
0: to be fair, for and you know people our age, and you know actually a, a, a decent you know anywhere between sixty and hundred is fine. That's pretty average, and depending on what you're doing or you know exercising. My point to you was just like I noticed right away as soon as I got here that my you know my heart was beating faster and. You know, I was having a little trouble with my, you know, issue, um, my little cardiac issue for a few days. Right. Because I think my heart was just working harder here, as you can imagine it at our elevation. But the last couple of days, I feel okay. But when, what, what is yours right now?
2: 62 for whatever reason. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Unusually But I'm good. really, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm rarely in the 60s. And why would that be in this thin air? But sitting up here. But you know why? I'm just so comfortable doing the show and sitting with you and Dan and shooting the shit. Say, I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's 68 right now.
0: Um, and I'm on these beta blockers, which brings your blood pressure down anyway. Um, mm hmm. But it just goes to show you that, you know, again, when you talked about taking that walk back up the hill, you could do it, but it's a lot of stress on your system.
2: Yeah, and again, I I think with this thin air, if I walked down the steps here or say walked up the steps, whatever, exerted myself a bit, it would jump quite quickly. Oh, for sure. it it, It wouldn't at home. So I sit here at 62. I'm sure if I walked downstairs and walked around a bit, it would be popping back up into the 80s. Obviously, you know, I've I've had my ass on this chair now for over an hour without (laughs) moving. So Um, we're going to be talking uh,
0: some entertainment stuff, obviously, with our friend Bill Brio. Um, But I I don't I don't want to discuss this, but I want to ask if you've seen it. The uh, Chris Rock Netflix special. Saw it last night. Okay, so great. We'll talk yeah. about that. Have you? With, yeah, I've seen it. Me and Darren watched it. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I've actually picked out some audio from it. Just the uh, I've got the spot where he starts talking about the slap uh, at yes. the Oscars last year. Um, so that'll be something. But you and I were talking about something before the show that I think a lot of people are aware of, which is this latest episode of the problem with John Stewart.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Where uh, and again, I, off the top of my head, I don't have the name of the yeah, me neither.
0: Congressman? Uh, yeah, What's I think. Yeah, he was a. Uh. He, he's just another r- Republican, and I right. know. It, people are like, "Here we go again." But this is really, I, I think, it's interesting for a lot of different reasons. Uh, we do, obviously. Uh, John Stewart is just so goddamn smart. Sometimes. I don't know if you ever have this sensation. Sometimes I forget he was a comedian, or still is. Like, he was a great stand-up comic. But the way he works this guy, if you haven't seen it, you should go check out some of the stuff that we're going to play. But why don't you set this up for us?
2: Um, Republican lawmaker. um, Again, I don't have his name. From Oklahoma. Again, he's just another one of those Oklahoma uh republicans you can imagine the profile of this guy and just a huge advocate for guns and the second amendment that keeps coming up second amendment second amendment and his idea is just everybody should have guns with no restrictions whatsoever like none you shouldn't have to go and take a course you shouldn't have to register you shouldn't have to do anything it's your god of course god-given right to have a gun and his whole idea is, you know, that philosophy of uh, if somebody confronts me with a gun, the best protection is for me to shoot back or mm-hmm. shoot first. Or if somebody breaks into my house, you know, fire the first shot. That's the whole philosophy. So, of course, John Stewart, you know, confronts him on several levels about the logic of that and what that could turn into. And he brings children into it. And how many it's alarming how many children In the U.S. every year, die by. By um, firearms. By firearms.
0: That was one Mm -hmm. of the things. One of my takeaways. Can you call them takeaways? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. uh, I found that fascinating. And and the number, folks, is 50,000 children.
2: You know, just pause there for a second. No, no. No, no, it's not Howard. No. What, what is it? It's fifty thousand people a year. Oh, fifty thousand. A lot of those. A lot of those are, a a lot lot of those children. are okay, children. Sorry. Yes. Yeah.
0: But the but guns are the leading cause. Co- like, let's let's. Why don't we do this? Let's let uh, Stewart do it. But t- at one point, Stewart says guns more more guns kill more kids, and he lists
2: off a bunch of other things. I was like, can that really be true? No, that's the point. As far as the number goes, firearms kill more children in the United States than anything else. Right. Cancer, like being, you know, whatever. Just go through the list of, uh, you know, the things that could take children, and firearms is at the top of the list. This guy is uh, Oklahoma State Senator Nathan Dom is his name. And uh, John Stewart just made a fool of him. He, he did. He just made a fool of him. So that's what I wanted to pause for a second. If you, if,
0: if you're living in a country where... You're confronted with those statistics that children are being killed. More children are dying by firearms than all these other diseases. Wouldn't that be enough? But apparently it's not. So uh, have a listen to uh, John Stewart talking to this guy.
3: That registering is an Hold on
0: a second. Let me. There we go. It's
3: right. a right for citizens. Yes. Do you have to do anything to do it? Yes. What do you have to do? It depends on the state. What do you have to do? Sometimes you have to be, you have to be at least eighteen years old. What do you have to do? And Keep in going. some places you have to you have a government issued ID. What do you have to? You have to. You have to be on the voter rolls.
0: Reg- I apologize. What 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 he asked him is in order to in order to vote because he's trying to get him to say you don't. You know, his point is the, the, the senator or the other guy's point is you shouldn't have to register to be a gun owner. And then what I we we sort of missed him saying well what about voting
3: sir you have to register. Hmm. So you have to register to a right. Is that an infringement? Does the right to voting say shall not be infringed? Oh, so this is just a semantic argument now. No, it's not. You believe voting rights can be infringed because it doesn't say specifically is it an, shall not be infringed. Is it an infringement upon a 17-year-old's right to vote since they don't have that right to vote? No. Oh, we, it's not an infringement on them? No, okay. ab- absolutely not. Why not? Because you're, you're the one making the argument, not me. I'm saying... Even rights have responsibilities, and that within those responsibilities responsibilities, are responsibilities yes. and order. Otherwise, it's chaotic. I'll go you one further. You want to ban drag show readings to children. To my why? house, yes. Why? 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 What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18, from voting? Why are you banning but also that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility Uh in certain instances. What's the leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm gonna give you a hint, it's not drag show readings to children. It's a great line. So what is it? I'm presuming you're gonna say it's firearms. No, I'm not gonna say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order.
0: So there you go. Um, I just love that line. I said that to you before the show that it's it's like and he's just sitting there is looking at John Stewart. And he doesn't know what to say.
2: Well, and that I came away thinking at what level, like when you agree to do an interview, I don't know whether once you agree, you sign a waiver. Well, when we were on the CFNY thing, we had to sign a waiver for to use our image. At what level does that guy get to go back and say, hey, before that airs, uh, I've had second thoughts. I I don't want you to put that on your (laughs) show because I look like such an fucking idiot, but as I said to you, at the end of it, it was almost like he sat there like he had won that argument or something. Yeah. Like just the look on his face. It, it was like, oh, I, you know, I told that John Stewart where it was the exact opposite. Anyone with a brain in their head comes away thinking that that guy's like a maniac. Yeah. And that's that, that little clause
0: that shall not be infringed thing. That's what he was hanging his whole mm-hmm. argument on which is, the, you know, the Second Amendment. But, you know, just, just the logic there, the, the logic of, so you're okay with the government, you know, having to register voters, but for some reason, and, and think about how ridiculous that is, mm-hmm. for some reason they're, they're afraid to register people to own a firearm. Like, why is that such a big leap for them, do you think?
2: Well, because they've, they're, they've just gone so far that way with the argument you can't you can't admit you were wrong and again it's just become one of those polarizing issues the left wants gun control so the right does not but what i don't understand as a guy like this how do you decide that you're going to go so far all in on it
0: yeah no, I think it's, I mean? no it's what you just said you're already in
2: you're already all in so how do you walk yourself back but i can be in on the second amendment but to come out and say no restrictions no training yeah no registration like why would you want to go there unless again you look at your constituencies you go out into the to the area you govern and you get a read on the people that's exactly hey this is this is oklahoma man that's exactly And, and that that and that's, and that's the result. Because you, you it log- get statements like that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you're exactly right. And logic would state mm-hmm. that. You, you, why couldn't you have a logical argument that says, we have to register to vote. We have every mm-hmm. car on the road in this country registered. So what mm-hmm. is such a big deal about registering every person that owns a
2: firearm?
0: It can't yeah. be that hard for them to get their head around.
2: No, and, you know... The whole, you know, uh, guns don't kill people, people kill uh, people, and we get that. But again, one less gun means one less opportunity. Let's just start there. Just start there. Um, And, you know, if – I just can't imagine if the Republicans – say they got control of everything. Like, it would just be – It would be chaos. I don't know. We're we're looking at the Wild West. We really are. It's just – it's so bizarre. Anyway, my favorite line, my favorite line from that interview was, Stewart asked him a question, and then he went on, and John just sort of tilts his head and goes, "Are you familiar with logic?" Oh, that was great. I just pissed my pants. Yeah,
0: and that's what I said to you before I got the clip on. I I just sometimes forget mm-hmm. that he was a comedian because he's just so goddamn smart. All right, mm-hmm. let's. Uh, we might come back to that because there's. If you haven't seen it. That's just a little clip of it, but I think you'll all enjoy it. Um, and by the way, I don't even, I'm, I, there's no way they're going to, I don't totally disagree or agree with what you said about one less gun. They're never going to take guns away. But what they no. could do is just make them a little harder to own, even if that's registering background checks, because it just seems mm-hmm. so illogical that they can't even have that discussion. All right All right Listen, it's it's another exciting episode of uh, Bill Brio We always love having Bill on the show (laughs) Look at him Uh, And by the way, before I introduce Bill I finally found, thanks to Freddie I appreciate you sending me that um, That uh, thing That that music that Keith sent us This is a a character named uh, Charlie Crockett very interesting not uh, if you're not into country music it's a, it's kind of a hybrid uh, i think you'll like it
4: i am not afraid to all right not afraid to love you
0: and uh, making his regular appearance with all kind of things to say always a pleasure welcoming you back to this program tv feeds his family and he shares some of that with us each uh, month uh, we say hello for uh, his march appearance to uh, bill brio
5: hello sir good morning guys hi howard fred billy good billy good to see you billy, good billy. To guys thanks for playing davy crockett <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny um
0: lots listen we i just uh you know you want to, we, we get what happens most people would figure that you know bill and some of our guests send us notes things they want to talk about and uh you said in one of your notes, if I, I'm going to get it in a second about uh, is it still OK to talk about Chris Rock? Well, I asked Fred if he'd seen it. He saw it last night. I saw it a couple nights ago. So let's go around. What did you think of it, Billy?
5: Yeah, I saw it live and, um, you know, there's been a lot of pushback. Oh, he's an old man yelling, get off my lawn. And, and, and th- I've read it, some crazy mixed reviews on it. Uh, I thought it was very effective. I thought Netflix, first of all, hats off for scheduling it. Almost one year after the Oscars, a uh, lot of attention. Um, I thought that um, you know, there's, there's complaints that he sort of the, the material was dated. There was Kardashian jokes, there was OJ jokes. Who cares? As long as they're funny jokes, yeah. you know, is is sort of the main thing. But um, you know, not all the material <clears throat> landed. Um, the you know, there was abortion jokes there. What was one of them? He thinks it's okay to for women could kill their kids right up till the age of four uh you know but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, that that's that's chris rock It's supposed to shock you and uh if he doesn't shock you then um it's not chris rock i don't think we should expect everybody to be george carlin who kept evolving you know like yeah he's 58 he's different but um i i thought he's, he brought it and especially of course the last eight or nine minutes when he went off on will smith that was a, the build-up to that was wonderful and he just let it rip uh and i even liked the after show with dana carvey and um uh, uh, david spade uh and uh, the panel arsenio hall jb Smoove. you know so I, I was with it i like that 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 worked best in terms of being a live show the after show um and uh yeah so all in all thumbs up for me
2: yeah? Uh, are you Now my turn, Howie? Sure, go ahead, my friend. I would say, uh, yeah, I liked it. And again, well, I come away thinking, you know, the job of a comedian and how tough that is, because you start with a bang, and it lulled uh, for me when he was talking about his daughters. And the stuff's still funny, but, you know, it's like when you come out so strong, it's so difficult for these guys, and obviously Howard can speak to this, to keep her going for an hour. So... It started really strong for me. And then when you get into his daughter stuff, I, he lost me a bit. And then ending with the Will Smith stuff was great. When you talk about Bill, the pushback being, you know, and this doesn't apply to Chris Rock, obviously, but the angry old white guy thing, you know, like, you know, how did you, what, what was the term you used, Bill? Get off my lawn. Did that get off my lawn thing. <laughs> It, it's funny it seems if you're a certain age now and you push back against wokeness on any level that's what you're accused of right yeah you know that's what you're accused of screaming at the clouds you know and you're yeah. just oh time has passed you by and so I, I got I, I, I can see how people would do that because he get on to that, but I totally agreed with everything he said so same generally uh, to wrap it up um, I really enjoyed it.
0: Uh, I didn't think it was the funniest Chris Rock special, but, you know, we often talk about musicians aging out of relevance. Mm-hmm. Uh. and And I think that's what happens to a lot of them. I mean, you know, I've watched the last couple of George Carlin specials. They weren't that funny. The last Jerry Seinfeld special wasn't his best stuff. Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney, you know, he changed his name. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, you know, hasn't written, you know, a great song in 40 years. It doesn't mean you can't still enjoy them. And so from that standpoint, I really enjoyed Chris Rock, you know, yeah, watching perfect. how how he builds his set. You know, I didn't. Darren and I watched it. my buddy here and, and, you know, we laughed a couple of times, but you can't take your eyes off the guy. Yeah, that's you know, true. And, and, and in a lot of ways, it was like watching a great talk. It didn't make me laugh out loud very much, but it did make me think. And I don't, by the way, I don't mind those uh, topics, the Kardashians, because the way he weaved the Kardashians back to OJ, and whether it's talking about yoga pants or his kids, it's things that are relevant to him now at age 58, which, frankly, I can relate a lot more to than a 32-year-old comedian.
5: Yeah. Right. I thought the toughest pivot, though, as Fred said, you know, if you do, if you did five minutes on dating 20 year olds and then you're trying to talk about uh, your daughter uh, <laughs> yeah. going to school, that, that was, a, yeah, that yeah. really wasn't the right choice. You know, that, that, that was, did. I'll tell you what, the,
0: the, the dating younger women bit that whole thing about dating younger and be dating older, I thought, was, I thought that was pretty weak for a Netflix special, to be honest with you. I yeah. thought that was the weakest stuff. Uh, and everyone, of course, wanted to, like all three of us, wanted to see what he was going to say about Will Smith. And so I have a few minutes of this. So let me see if we can just play a few seconds. Sure. Uh, this is when he starts talking about it. I'm like, The Rock!
4: The Rock! I do not need the smoke. Y'all know what happened to me getting smacked by Suge Smith everybody knows everybody fucking knows yes <laughs> it happened I got smacked like a year ago fucking last week I got smacked at the fucking Oscars by this motherfucker people like did it hurt it still hurts I got summertime ringing in my ears. Drums, please. But I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. You'll never see it. Never gonna happen. I couldn't believe it. And I love Men in Black. No. It's never gonna
0: happen. Yeah, I mean, it's classic Chris Rock. I I love this. You know, if you like Chris Rock, you love his cadence. You love the way he sets things up um and that last eight minutes is pretty good and if you haven't seen it by the way we because i didn't see it live bill you were talking about the pre-show and the after show yeah. that that isn't available on netflix but the special is
5: well that's too bad i hadn't i thought the after was still available but uh, oh, 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 it's not the end of the world if you okay. don't see it rocks the main thing but yeah i uh, i agree with exactly what you said um And, and yeah, if you're paying money to see Chris Rock, don't expect a woke show. I mean, uh, that's not the deal with Chris Rock. You know, he's he's cagey enough not to say things that will get him canceled, outright canceled. But uh, he's going to push always the limits. And that's really what you're paying to see.
2: When he when he was talking about the abortions, I love the way he looked at he would say something and the, just the way he would look at the audience, you could tell like a seasoned comic, right, looking not. out to see what the reaction was going to be. I guess the faces on the people close to the front. And I love that. I really love that. Yeah. I mean, same, and, it, and, and, and one other thing when you were talking about George Carlin as well. Carlin towards the end. I like that because it it was just so much social commentary. I wasn't so much looking for laughs anymore as I was looking for perspective. And that's the whole thing when you get into the woke thing. Even there, I I got some laughs, but I'm looking just, I I more just want to see what he has to say about where we're at with this, because you respect him as a comic. Yeah. Yeah,
5: and as a a commentator, one of the things I commentator, yes,
0: and and exactly. And and that's why I say there was lots of time when I was watching the special with Chris Rock. I was just sort of, you know, it was like a good talk hearing somebody have an opinion, Mm -hmm. almost like I don't want to say TED talk because that's too hack. But, you know, one Mm -hmm. of the things I did like and I was going to mention, I like the fact they left the mistakes in because very often. When you see somebody's Netflix special, what you're seeing is an amalgam of two or three performances that are perfect. And I know from, you know, how they tape these things that sometimes if the comic screws something up, then they will take it again and edit it to make it seem seamless one of my favorite moments i mean again you know know, i yeah i do stand up but i mean i'm not comparing myself to that but i know what it's like when you go ahead go ahead, stop it you know when you make a mistake Mm -hmm. and you have to go back Mm -hmm. well he fucked up this one thing so bad but he he he, he left it in i love that yeah and and he went back and did it again
5: Howard, it's like a podcast, you know I, think I was just going to say that Yeah, People embrace podcasts, one reason Because it's it seems live And 100% genuine And you leave the mistakes in And be, sometimes, you know When I'm working on my podcast, Phil Hong, we'll, we'll, I'll say to him Phil, cut this, that, and the other, and he's like No, 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 that's why people listen To hear you actually be you right. I, I think mm-hmm. that's well, an important
0: Well, point. I will say this, Fred, we're the Chris Rock of podcasting For sure Right, mm-hmm.
5: yeah, <laughs>
0: Phil. That's funny, Phil Hong. Yeah, I remember him. I remember Ooh. Phil. So he talks to you still, huh?
5: Um, <laughs> Phil has never ever said a, a disparaging word about you guys. To no, me. I know.
0: no, I know We wouldn't he's think he's so. A he's a
2: sweet, a sweet little we baby, him. we love.
5: We that miss boy. him actually. Yeah. We, we, would, we would love a return
2: appearance, but uh, yeah. we got to talk to his people. <laughs> mm-hmm, <yeah. laughs> we have to talk to the people at IKEA. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's move on because so,
0: go ahead Freddie
5: no I was going to say what else have we got Billy well speaking of woke um, you got to catch History of the World Part 2 it just started on uh, uh, where is it now I think that's uh, Disney Plus is showing it here it's Hulu in the States so this is Mel Brooks Ninety-six-year-old Mel Brooks. This is forty-two years later. The sequel to History of the World, Part One, and it's it's a series. So there's a series of half-hour episodes. Two of them are up now, and uh, really, Nick Kroll is the driving force here. He's sort of the new Mel Brooks. He's he's the showrunner, but it's very Mel Brooks. Kroll worship Brooks. Grew up watching. He saw the producers every day for three years. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says that literally, and it it um and they really captured all of the uh the the audacious corny charm of uh, of those of those movies uh it doesn't back away from any of it but if you think of you know blazing saddles and um uh young frankenstein silent movie so yeah, like but two of the funniest movies ever made came out in the same year in nineteen seventy four right. right and that wasn't the golden age of wokeness and and if you listen to Blazing Saddles, my God, you know there's people who wince and and won't watch it now, but uh, Mel Brooks got away w- with that kind of stuff, and I don't know Kroll, you know to try and fashion something that honors. Brooks legacy and not uh, step on toes is uh, a challenge and, and make it genuine and he pretty much uh, pulls it off
0: well you think about how brilliant um, Mel Brooks was uh, the producers came out in 1968 I think so we're, only, yeah. we're talking like Not even 20 years or 20 plus years from World War II. And springtime for Hitler remains one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a film. And now you're saying in in one of the sketches, there's an opening sketch, Hitler on ice.
5: (laughs) Yeah, that's the very first thing you see is Hitler on ice. And there's the Führer. He's doing pirouettes and a a camel, you know, and the three commentators, Wanda Sykes, Kroll, and Ike Barra. Barinholtz. Holtz, thank you are um are commentating and they're hilarious uh you know and then the judges marks come up and everybody's giving hitler zero except france those vichy pussies right. in france. <laughs> 10 you know, mm-hmm. like, so it's it, you know and, and so it's, for some people this isn't your cup of tea but but my god I, I laughed and laughed um at most of it not all of it and and the, and the other people who are in it Uh, You know, it's an all-star cast of current comedians, and uh, they really do great service to the the legacy of Mel Brooks.
2: You know, that word woke or wokeness keeps coming up. Yesterday, and I don't know how it happened, we have Alexa here at the uh, condo, and my buddy Doug thought of the song. Remember the song, They're Coming to Take Me Away? Of course, yeah. Remember remember that song? That would have been played in top Top 40 radio on Chum. That's yeah. where I would have heard that song as a kid. Can you imagine a song like that getting anywhere near the the radio well,
5: now? <laughs> I, I heard it on Doctor Demento but played all yeah. the time, right? And it was mm-hmm. Question Mark and the Mysterians, I think, did that. And uh yeah, you know you couldn't record that now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we're singing along with it because it's kids with that they, that was like a big, big song. Oh yeah. if you want to call it a song.
0: I wonder if yeah. it's on my let me see if I can just play it for you. They're coming to Yeah, there they go.
2: Just the words, like I mean, it's a total insult to people with mental illness. But yeah, it was. Uh, people just took it for what it was at the time, and they could take a joke.
4: Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you to leave? <laughs> Jesus, I go berserk? Well, well, you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and this worse. This was a song. So you see, I've gone completely out of my <laughs> mind. It's right. They're coming to take me away, haha! They're coming to take me away, ho ho! Hee hee! To the funny farm, where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young Can men. Can you imagine? Bell,
0: let's talk. Take me away.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this year, Bell's more concerned than ever with mental illness. <laughs>
4: Losing you would make me flip my lid. Right? You know,
0: you laughed. I, I just checked, yeah. uh, Freddie. I just checked the comments on uh, Facebook to see if the stream was still working. And one of our old producers, Bob Willett, goes, Hey, it's come to this. Two guys taking their pulse on the air. Fantastic. <laughs> this, is, this is where we're at. That's great. He, yeah. he says, Boy, how times have changed. Checking resting yeah. heart rates on the air. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, and somebody else, Gordon Kennedy, says, Oh, please knock off the dick jokes. All right. Why don't you just change the fucking channel, Gord, already? Jesus.
2: What dick jokes? What dick jokes do we have today? Well, I don't know. We're always
0: doing dick jokes.
2: Really? Oh. Um, so
0: let's talk, let's talk some more television. Uh, I wanted to ask you about a series It's not on your list, uh, but I've been hearing about this. And uh, a friend of ours, John Moore, tweeted out yesterday that he thinks this series, episode for episode, is one of the best he's ever seen. And I thought, I wonder what Bill thinks of it. And maybe you've talked about it with us, uh, something called The Last of Us. Have you talked about this?
5: Uh, I haven't, and um, I haven't really seen it. I know okay. um, it, certainly it's the hot show right now. I think I, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, I, it's not, from what I'm reading, though, it's an uneven series. Like, it started brilliantly. There's been some great episodes, but um, I, I tend not to uh, watch zombie shows. And essentially, this is sort of a Walking Dead extension. Okay. So I just haven't gotten around to it. But so a, lot, a lot of people love it right now, Howard, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, John Moore says uh, it's one of the best. And I'm not a big zombie show guy either, but uh, I'm looking for a new, uh, episode, new series to binge while I'm down here.
2: But again, that's so subjective, right? Like... Uh... It all depends on the type of person you are. I'm like, Bill, any of that zombie stuff, or, and I've never been a sci fi guy, and people love it. To me, it just does not register. Although, I, I you, you've got a note here, uh, Bill, about the Oscars. That That's this Sunday, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and the fact that Jimmy Kimmel will host, which I like because I like him, but this everything everywhere all at once. I'm like you. I watched like a few minutes. Are you serious?
0: Okay. Here's what I did.
2: This is the this this is the acclaimed movie of the year. Guys,
0: guys, guys. I did the same thing. So when it first came out, I watched it for 12 minutes, turned it off, and went. I have no idea what all this nonsense is about. And then ex-girlfriend Rachel and I were talking around Christmas time and she said, have you seen everything, everywhere, all at once? I'm like, yeah, I gave, it a, I gave it about 10 minutes and I thought it was pukey. And she said, try it again. And you know what? I actually watched it all the way through. And it, it, it starts to make some sense. Have you, have you not seen the entire thing, Bill?
5: Well, I've seen more of it than 12 minutes, uh, but I, I, that was my initial reaction as well. And uh, I have to. I'm a huge fan of Michelle Yeoh, yeah. the uh, actress at the center, who was in Star Trek Discovery here in Toronto. Um, talked to her a few times. She's a genuine star of uh, martial arts. You know, she could kick anybody's ass. She's the perfectly cast in this, and and yeah. So I watched it just for her. But honestly, it it seemed to be the perfect film for today because it was. It addresses the fact that we all have such short attention spans now. So yeah. everything time changes every eighteen seconds in this film, and I, I it was a little much for me. I literally went to Tubi and started watching old uh, reruns <laughs> of Laughing. L- listen, I want to because- say this. I don't.
0: I don't think it's best picture. Like that's what I couldn't. know.
5: Like I. I
2: that's going to be my point.
0: Like it was decent. It was way better than I thought it was initially, Fred. Like, as I really, honestly, I didn't give it 10 minutes. I thought this was, you know, I I just thought it was nonsense. Having watched the whole movie, I thought it was a decent experience, but I didn't, I don't understand how it's been nominated for everything, including Best Picture.
2: and again, it gets back to the subjective thing. If you're sort of into that, I, we watched it for about a half an hour, and I shut it off. I, in fact, it started to aggravate me a bit from the Oscar perspective. I'm thinking, come on, because I had just watched the night before the Fablemans, which I loved. Like to me, that's a movie. Like that's a like a neat in the Banshees of in yes, uh, a Sharon. Rampen. Yeah, is. Like, what a beautiful, beautiful movie that is. And then I'm thinking, they, they want to take this bizarre thing and
5: compare it with that? That's my problem with it. I'm, I'm waiting for the Banshees of Mississauga.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the Banshees of Brampton. That's who you two are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it's funny because I, I, lo- I went and saw the Fablemans in a movie theater, mm-hmm. and I really wow. enjoyed it. But I didn't think it was Steven Spielberg's best movie. I thought it was okay.
5: I haven't seen it. I want to see it, uh, but I haven't gotten around it. I tend, tend not to. I'm not somebody who rushes out to see the 10 nominee best pictures. If I see two or three, that's usually me on any given year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, guys, name the last five best p- picture Oscar winners. Can you name one? I, I couldn't off the top of my head.
2: Well, about the um, I was going to say deaf person but the hearing impaired movie I loved They that one. Right. What was that? The name of that movie? See, uh, we
5: don't we don't remember. Coda, Coda. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, I'm just saying it's yeah. it's a different time. There was something, and then if you were you, you, all three of us could name five best picture winners from the '90s. Say, you right. know, or mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. decades. I just I don't think it's just a generational thing. I I think there's something about the screen getting smaller that we all just really watch television now, and then movies don't have the impact that they once had. That they just like I said, 1974. Mel Brooks had two of the greatest comedies released in the same year, and and mm-hmm. you could go to the movies then and see a Pink Panther film. Or next week it would be Monty Python, or the week after that. You know, uh, it, it just seemed like um, there was some really epic, funny comedies, Naked Gun films, Airplane, mm-hmm. and I, and I. That's what's missing for me. It's just all Marvel superheroes, and I'm not interested. Although I still maintain
2: the farting scene around the fire was still overrated to me. It was. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. I mean, can, I mean, and we are farting aficionados, so we would right. know.
2: <laughs> um, and one other, one. Let me just, Howard, make this point to something you said about it wasn't Spielberg's best movie, but I don't think it was meant to be. I think it was. I don't think he was trying to make another great movie. I think it was more of a, you know, just a. I don't know what biography or like. Uh, don't get me wrong, Freddie. I enjoyed something, it. Something he wanted yeah, to do. Absolutely. You know? I enjoy it. That's what I mean. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not saying
0: it was a bad movie. I just don't know that it was <laughs> like. You know, one of his greater yeah. ones, you know, but that doesn't I matter. Really I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Man. I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like say, g- t- you know,
5: give him credit at his age. Mm-hmm. He's tackling uh, films that require a lot of energy, like a remake of West Side Story. That's yeah, crazy. That's Which like I never saw. But, but
0: Bill, back to your point about the significance of movies back when we were younger. And again, I we all sound like, right. you know, crabby old men. But here's the thing. Because... Movies like um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, they're not events the way that a Raiders of the Lost Ark was or a Star Wars were. Because now these Oscar-nominated movies are not necessarily at movie theaters. They're streaming. They're in different platforms. And I think what that's done is it's taken some of the significance of going to a movie picture, a moving picture. like like It used to be a big deal to go to the theater. It's not anymore.
5: But uh, you know, if you talk to my son Dan, is thirty, and he goes to movies, he goes to the cinema. He went to see Avatar in the theater and loved it, and and uh, so it's it's it part of it is generational you know it's just those the, maybe those are his uh 70s movies now but yeah. uh, to me they don't speak to me th- with the same relevance Billy let's wrap this up quickly
0: uh, i have heard of this series with jason Siegel and harrison ford i don't have apple tv but it's intriguing uh and you say that shrinking on apple tv is a good one for uh, people
5: yeah i really recommend it it's uh uh you know uh, it's about a a, a a group of shrinks and Harrison Ford is one Jason Segel is one and um it's very much though a family about this family of friends and it's generational Harrison Ford plays sort of the senior partner at the office and Segel is excellent and he's really the creator and driving force behind it uh it's certainly one to seek out uh, and it's also the creator of um, Ted Lasso. Uh, one of the creators is also behind this. And there's just a, uh, there's something about it when you watch these these actors perform, you get the impression that they all really like each other. That it's a um, and that's a, a quality that doesn't matter in some ways, but it it comes across to me, and uh, it's part of the reason why I like it.
0: All right, Billy. Uh, Harrison Ford in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's coming out in the spring, I guess. And Ted Lasso. uh, Season three in the final season. Slated for uh, this month or April. I don't know. It's
5: coming in uh, like a two weeks it's uh the ides of march march 15th is okay. uh, the return of the third and final season of ted lasso bill brio excellent. is uh he's excellent at his job and we're lucky to have him b-r-b-r-i-o-u-x
0: brio.tv uh, tv, TV feeds my family the podcast uh it's all there for you and uh, billy we'll see you next month
2: see you guys soon okay bill good to see you buddy you too friends
0: Uh, Before we get to Dan Duran's news, whenever he comes back, let's talk a little bit about
2: uh, this fine supporter, Frederick. Well, uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Of course, the RSP deadline is passed. I'm hoping you took, uh, you know, Tim's advice on, you know, reviewing everything top to bottom, making the right choice for your future, because that's what he's all about. He's the retirement Sherpa. And we've used the word logic several times this morning. Well... He's the logical man when it comes to investing and uh, looking towards uh, your future. Licensed on both sides of the border, Tim Niblett is, uh, well, he's at your service. He's helped so many or, uh, so many Humble and Fred listeners over the years. It's uh, absolutely staggering. In fact, it's funny how often he'll say to us, well, after the show, I have a meeting with a Humble and Fred listener, a new client. It's fantastic. Uh, RetirementSherpa.ca.
0: Uh, well said. This program also brought to you by GoDaddy. Hey, man, if you're a uh, an entrepreneur, you got a small business, a side hustle, maybe something you've been uh, talking about and your friends are finally like sick of saying, you know, hey, maybe you should do that thing. Well, now's the time to bring your dream online. You can get a domain, create a website with GoDaddy. Bring that idea to life today. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're here to help you every step of the way. You can get a domain, create a website, and do it all and no credit card is even required. You can start your website for free. That's right. Start it for free with GoDaddy today. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. That's GoDaddy.ca to learn more. You know, back to the Fablemans. You know, I just sort of talking about the experience of going to a movie theater. I saw that movie in a movie theater and I think it's weird. It, it would probably have hit me differently if I was watching it at home because it's because it doesn't need to be. And that's just sort of my argument, not my argument, my point. It doesn't need to be a big movie theater event, that movie. You know, a movie no. like a movie like Avatar, which I have not seen, I don't really have that much interest in it either. That's a <laughs> big screen event. But a movie right. like The Fablemans and that's um, a smaller it's a it's a sweet picture. You're right. It's it's a, it's a it's a nice feeling you get from that movie.
2: Yeah, I just I really, really enjoyed it. And again, the people I watched it with, maybe not so much, um, but I, I don't know. It struck a chord with me. It really did. About you know, having a... Listen, you and I are both the same. At a young age, you had a passion, and it sort of didn't, didn't overtake you, but enough that you pursued it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's, that's how I could relate to that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I can
0: really you imagine some of the other, the other things in that movie that I related to?
2: Well, yes, being,
0: being this kid, uh, you know, he's like the only Jewish kid mm-hmm. at his school and being, to- right. you know, tormented. No, I never was, but I had some weird shit said to me by other little, mm-hmm. you know, white right. kids. So, I mean, that, that part struck home,
2: but it's yeah, like, I, I, I thought of you at, during those, uh, those scenes, mm-hmm. you know, but my point about movies not being the big,
0: big events they once were, you know, here's my boy Dan Duran and Dan and I were big sci-fi fans although i'm not sure dan did you ever become a zombie guy because i never did i was never a fan of the walking dead and i i just never really got into that were you zombie no
1: not really yeah no nearly not but the 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 last of us have started to get into that well i i
0: I, I hear it's great anyway but i remember you and i on another vacation in hawaii lining up For whatever Star Wars movie that was coming out at that time, it was a big event for you and I. We were in our early Mm -hmm. 20s and we planned our whole sort of days around when we were going to be able to go see that next movie. Well, I don't know. I don't know that movies have the same impact anymore.
1: I was talking about this the other day with uh, with uh, my brother here and cuz he never goes to movies he doesn't like movies and i was thinking you know the only movies i'll go see is you know theater now are movies that really would benefit from the big screen experience right, right? and my and those are all the movies my son wants to see too which are right. marvel movies right. or you know big huge blockbusters with lots of special effects and and if another star wars movie came out for sure i'd definitely be right there in the theater yeah but not as not as much as I ever used to do i mm-hmm. love movies but no, don't go to theaters, too much hassle.
2: I've just I, like and I don't. Those those movies that you would go to a theater for now Avatar and all. I I don't know what it is. How I've never ever ever Became become part of that world again. That's my style. I just like little nice little stories. <laughs> Those are the movies that I like. You know, I I love Marvel movies, but I've like like you know Iron mm-hmm. Man and, and and
0: and I've just lost track of them all. You know, it's I yeah. don't I don't know where I'm at in the universe. And you know, I'm like some of them just got ridiculous. Like I've never seen Ant Man, and you know, I just. It's almost like it's too much. And now that I'm not smoking yeah. weed anymore, they just don't have the same impact they once did. Um, okay, Dan Duran's got to go on a, on a tour, so let's get this uh, started. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the
4: quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Durand, the Anchorman, comes and for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Durand, the Anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care.
5: And his voice is nice and
1: low. My voice is nice and
0: low. Buenos dias, amigas and amigos. Your present are... Mi grande jefe, with news and views. Here's Dan Duran.
1: Well, all three of us have left the land of thunder, snow to come to sunnier climes, and now, when you're thinking about vacations, would you move onto a cruise ship? For three years, mm. life at sea cruises is open bookings for its three year voyage on the MV Gemini, which sets sail for from Istanbul on November first. The cost thirty grand a year. It has uh, open bookings for its three year voyage, which uh, will set sail. It has four hundred cabins uh, with room for up to one thousand seventy four passengers. Company promises full-scale business center, complete with meeting rooms, fourteen offices, a business library, a lounge. Um, you know, all, all the all that stuff is included in the price of thirty thousand dollars. The the thing is, you do have to book for for three years, but they're looking at ways of maybe you can probably sell part of that time to someone else if you decided to.
2: It what would stop at, it. It would stop at ports, right? And you could get off. I, I'm yeah, there the spin on this thing. You had to be on the ship for three years without getting off. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it stops at 450 be different
1: ports. 450 ports. Yeah.
0: You know,
2: I don't know, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know if I could if do it.
0: In,
2: yeah. If you're into cruises may, and you have the money, it might be something to look at. Not yeah, me. but, but yeah, Let's say you were really into it. And
0: for the first year, it was like, okay, this is novelty. But somewhere in year two, the people on board will fucking turn on each other. You want to talk about a zombie (laughs) (laughs) movie?
2: Exactly. There's going to be (laughs) mutiny on that shit. Because it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. As soon as you get involved in... Tours, a oh, yeah. tour there's always going to be an asshole oh yeah so can you imagine the super asshole for three years <laughs>
0: <Jesus>. <laughs> and you and you identify <laughs> that guy early seriously oh, yes he's talking mm-hmm. loud at fucking buffets till doing jokes yeah. and then impressions telling long
2: stories and those goddamn cruise ships man they never cover the booze right so can you imagine Oof. I what guarantee Dan lose, what your what your liquor ticket would be
0: Dan no. I guarantee you somewhere in year two somebody gets tossed off the back of that ship
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <It> turned, <laughs> I that can see how guarantee. it can all socially turn into oh, like a psychological experiment no, it's,
0: yeah it's lord of the fucking flies on that thing <clears throat> I couldn't listen I the longer I did a cruise so I did seven days and as I told you four or five days would have been enough
2: yeah seven days was too long <laughs> well i 'll never be on one. My wife absolutely refuses, so it 's not going to be part of my world um, what 's her objection is it Is it diseases no, is she gets things? no, she gets motion sickness, and people have told her continuously that the technology now you don 't feel it, but she doesn 't want to spend the money and then take the chance, which i get I don't, I don't i don't want to go that bad that I want to take the chance either to be honest hmm.
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I totally get it I mean as far as this this thing of spending thirty grand a year. If it did include food.
1: I think it does.
0: Maybe it wouldn't include booze. But if you think about it, you know, the average person, if they had the wherewithal to do it, I mean, you know, with rent and food, most people are spending more than $30,000 a year. And it would be quite the adventure.
2: You know, again, if it wasn't
0: for the other people on the ship.
2: (laughs) Jesus Christ, Howard! Now that you do the math, this is, this is going to be crowded with um the less fortunate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we that's going to be it's like you know low income people. This is perfect. I get food and I get a housing for thirty grand a year. Jesus, all I have to do is make thirty one. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. right we, now, now we're really not going. Um, do you have a second story, Dan mm-hmm.
2: I do. That's
1: the second story. Here's Dan Duran. All oh, right. Okay, as Fred mentioned, we are uh, changing over to Daylight Saving Time on Sunday, Uh, and I'll tell you this, there's no time zone on the moon, and the European Space Agency is on it. With more lunar missions than ever coming up, they want to give the moon its own time zone, thinking that there's an urgent need to establish a common lunar lunar reference time with all that going on. A joint international effort is now being launched toward achieving this. Mm. For now, I didn't even think about this. A moon mission runs on the time of the country that's operating the spacecraft. So they say they want an internationally accepted lunar time zone, which would make it easier for everyone, you know, especially for uh, when more countries and private companies uh, end up on the moon. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, making appointments to hang out for dinner at, you know, your lunar capsule or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) they're going to be like goohead calling a restaurant on the moon. I was <laughs> wondering what time it is on the moon. Yes. So is it six, six, six o'clock, o'clock? Do I have to come at five? <laughs> No, it would be like, is it six o'clock? Do I have to come on Tuesday? Because the fucking moon time will be like three days difference. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, Dan, as you were telling that story, and then I was thinking about all the things that will happen in the future that might affect somebody having to know what time zone the moon is. I know for me, I may have 20 years left, but that will not be an issue for me. <laughs> you don't what what yeah, have an opinion yeah i'm calling i'm calling dan on the moon what time is it there <laughs> that's yeah. not gonna be an issue <laughs> um all right well listen this was kind of cool i was thinking this morning that you know we've now done the show in uh multi-locations uh and uh and we figured out how to do it here so right you on. know, there you go
2: can i bring up one more issue one more story from the weekend quickly i think you, you should i want yes. your pers- uh, Scotty Scheffler caught uh, farting loudly on national television. <laughs> Did he really? On the weekend? oh yeah, you didn't. You haven't seen that? No, I haven't. It was great. And I, and I, you know, shout out uh, to the guys at uh, Overdrive at TSN. You know, Brian Hayes and uh, the O Dog and Noodles. Uh, they they broke it down like the Zabruder Zub- film. Oh, that's uh, great. The fart. Was it the cat, Caddy, or was it Scheffler? And they pretty much determined it was Scotty Scheffler. And just before a shot, he just rips one when the, when the microphone happened to be close. Anyway, I Google it to see what the reaction was. I can't believe how many golfers have been caught farting over the years. It's wild. Just Google that today. PGA golf farts. And it's like this pops up every couple of years where they catch a, a golfer farting.
0: Now, is this a new fart? Because I just Googled Scotty Scheffler farting, and apparently oh, it, this was, is, it was yeah. at the Masters. No, this, this is a recent No, this, this mm-hmm. was two days ago. Huh? Oh, my I, should, yeah. I I have to include the words recently. So I've got mm-hmm. Scotty Scheffler farting recently. Yeah. Okay.
2: Pressure valve release. Fans lose their minds as Scotty Scheffler gets caught breaking wind on national television two oh. days ago.
0: Well, here we yes. go. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Oh, mm-hmm. this is at the Masters. Sorry.
1: So is it, was this during a swing?
2: No, like, no, I was I'm the standing swing? there. It was co- oh. contemplating a shot. Yeah.
0: Wow. Mm hmm. Okay. Hang on. I, well, I wish you would have given me uh, a little bit. Jesus. Because all uh-huh. that's. Oh, ca- uh, Scotty Scheffler is caddy. Okay, here we go. I think this is it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So I just feel like a great shot's in the bunker if you barely miss it.
2: Perfect. Dude, there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the it. Bunker if you barely
0: miss it. Perfect. Yeah. Dude, it was a gooder. Oh yeah. So he he right at his caddy. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Dude, yeah.
0: And then they start laughing, and and, and Scheffler is going toward yeah. the golf ball, but he starts to fucking laugh.
2: Well, well, this just lends itself to what I my observation. So you're talking about Scheffler at the tw- twenty, so the, like two years in a row, he he breaks wind like on national television, and again, and when I when I uh, Googled it, it's quite a few golfers. Have been caught, but I guess again the way they mic those things, and it's very quiet on the course that uh, yeah, you're a little more susceptible to that on the golf course.
0: Well, listen, I'm going to be I'm going to hopefully uh, gonna get a good chance cool. to golf with you next Monday. I guarantee you there'll be more <laughs> farting on the golf course. <laughs> fuck. Um, okay, have you farted uh, obviously on the golf course? Me? Me during tournament? I, play I've been farting all the way through the show for crying out loud. <laughs> um, Dan Duran, uh, will you be able to join us again tomorrow? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, we're very excited. And uh, just, I'm not sure yeah. what was going on with your microphone, but it was definitely a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a tiny hum. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, we will be talking to our friend Tony Clement, who most recently, I'm not sure, Fred, you know this, but was recently on a disco cruise. What? Uh, okay. Featuring all those dance bands from the 70s. Uh, things like Casey in the Sunshine Band, Tavares, uh, the OJs, that type of thing. And I've seen pictures of Tony Clement uh, with a wig on and full-on disco pants and can't wait to talk to him about that tomorrow.
2: What <laughs> would inspire him to do that?
0: This was a man Have that I was once assistant to the prime minister of the country. Mm-hmm.
2: Listen, and I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have the name of the book, but DeLise, my wife, while she's here, has been reading Tony Clement's wife's book. It's a fictional book about, uh, set in the the town of Brampton.
0: The town of Brampton, uh, Brampton, you say?
2: Yeah, I had lunch with Tony one day, and as uh, he gave uh, a gift to DeLise, was uh, his wife's book.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you gave it to DeLise, or he gave it to you, and you were supposed to read it?
2: Well, no, no. Actually, I do believe he said your wife may enjoy this. Maybe it's oh, a girl nice. book. I don't know. Okay. You know, um, a, a girly book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a girl girly book. book. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure, boys. Dan Durand, uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. Sounds good. This
1: episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, Evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all our emails, Fred humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out, so does giving us all the hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, Snow is just Gord's way of showing you how screwed up we're going to be if we don't smarten up. So enjoy every Gord damn day.